Good evening. I'd like to now call the 7 January 2019 meeting of the Astoria City Council to order. It's great to see such a large crowd tonight. I would like to ask uh, Mayor Arlene Lumiere to do us the honor of signing in or swearing in the three new members of the council, the mayor and two city council positions. Mayor Lemire. Constitutions of the United States of America and the State of Oregon. And the Charter of the City of Astoria. And the Charter of the City of Astoria. And the laws thereof. And the laws thereof. And will faithfully and honorably fulfill the duties. And will faithfully and honorably fulfill the duties. Of the office of mayor. Of the office of mayor. To which I have been elected. To which I have been elected. To the best of my ability. To the best of my ability. So help me God. So help me God. And will faithfully and honorably fulfill the duties. And 
faithfully and honorably fulfilling the duties of the office of city councilor. Of the office of city councilor. To which I have been elected. To which I have been elected. To the best of my ability, so help me God. To the best of my ability, so help me God. of Counselor. I will start with uh, Counselor Herman. Well, first, I just want to say what an honor it is to be sitting in this position on the City Council of what I consider the very best place in the world. I haven't traveled worldwide, but I don't need to because I know this is the very best place. So thank you very much. I also want to thank, um, on a much different uh, note, um, Jonah Dart McLean, who has been the interim 
Parks Department manager for some time, and I believe this is your last meeting as the interim manager because we have a new parks manager coming on tomorrow, I believe. So one, I want to thank you for your service in that role. And I also want to thank you for showing Councillor Rafa and me around last Thursday. He spent four hours taking us to all of the parks facilities. And, and before we went out, I was wondering how he would manage to fill four hours. And afterwards, I was telling him, how do you keep it all straight? Um, because there are a lot of properties that I really haven't considered as park properties. And I've lived in town a number of years and um, thought I knew all of the properties. And I was sorely mistaken. Um, and we are blessed in this community, those of us who live here, to have some of the most beautiful park properties in the world. So thank you for taking care of them, Joanne. Councilor Brownson. Thank you, Mayor Jones. <laughs> and um, I really don't have much to report. I welcome Councillor Herman and Councillor Rocca and, of course, Mayor Jones. Uh, this is going to be uh, this is a new council. It's changed fairly dramatically, and uh, I'm looking forward to working with all three of you and um, the mysterious fits. <laughs> Councillor Rocca. Yes, uh, I'd like to echo uh, Councillor Herman's comments about our parks tour. I thought I knew the parks in Astoria because I'm a heavy parks user with my dogs. But I didn't know where Post Office Park was. Do you know where Post Office Park is? We have a Post Office Park. Did you know that, uh, that Young's River Falls is the city of Astoria Park? Um, what I found out is that the city of Astoria Parks Department has services for people from the age of six weeks to death, wherever we happen to fall along that specter. So, and I, I like, like Councilor Herman, I was amazed at the, at the number of properties that the Parks Department has to keep track of, many of which we, we don't even think of as parks. They're just places that are pretty, that help make the city pretty, and have to be maintained. And they're taken care of. So, thanks very much for that tour, Julie. It was great. Thanks, Councilor Rocca. So I wanted, uh, well, one thing quickly, there's a big crowd in the, in the back outside. There, because we have a couple department heads not present, there are two chairs at the table. If there's anyone in the back that is, uh, needs a chair, uh, or perhaps someone who's uh, an elderly person who needs a chair, please uh, have a, come in and have a seat. And there's, if there's someone who really needs to sit, there's two other chairs here that could be used. So. Please come in if you need to sit down. I'm uh, sorry we don't have quite enough room for everybody tonight. So I wanted to let everyone know that uh, the four of us uh, took advantage of the opportunity which Oregon State Law provided for us to meet um, before Councilors Rocca and Herman uh, were sworn in. Uh, in fact, we sat down for uh, three times in December to get to know each other which was just wonderful. And we discussed some of the issues we all care about that we'll probably be dealing with this year. And I have to tell you how, uh, how very pleased I am to be working with these three uh, counselors. Uh, they're all so very passionate about our city and so intelligent and have such great ideas and enthusiasm to serve. Um, and they all have great reputations already for working collaboratively with others. 
And uh, I'm confident that we're going to feel the same about whoever ends up um, taking the uh, remainder of the term of the Ward 4 uh, seat as well. Given the national political climate, I feel very strongly that it's important for us at the local level to really set the example for how political discourse should uh, take place. And I know that all of us, even though we will disagree and have split votes on things, uh, we're going to be civil and respectful. I couldn't be more happy about the character of my colleagues because I know that 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 will be the case. And I do want people to be able to look to Astoria City Council to say there's where local government where government is happening right. And that's what it should be at the national level as well. Uh, on Saturday, I had the honor as mayor of greeting Senator Ron Wyden to a town hall meeting for Clatsop County held at the Maritime Museum. Uh, so it was great to see. It was a packed house standing room only. I keep reminding me to keep my mouth away from that mic. I know I make a lot of noise on it. Um, and it was, so, it was so nice to see so many people. It looked pretty much like this room, standing room out in the hallway. And then last Thursday, uh, Pat Corcoran from OSU Extension and I had the opportunity to speak to an equally large standing room only crowd about disaster preparedness. And that's an important conversation of which we'll have many more. Um, there's so much more for us all to do personally as well as as part of our organizations to be prepared for a disaster. Uh, and then lastly, um, I was really blown away by the number of applicants to various city committees and boards. Uh, for example, there are 17 applicants just to the Planning Commission alone, which is just a wonderful statement on how many people in our community want to be involved and serve. And after receiving and considering input from all three of uh, my colleagues, and with great difficulty, I made uh, the following appointments to the uh, Maritime Memorial, and these individuals have all been notified of their appointments, to the Maritime Memorial Committee, uh, Jamie McDermott and Keegan Rasco, to the Hospital Authority Board, uh, Shannon Kilfoyle, to the Parks Board, uh, Carla Oya, uh, Natalie Osborne, and Josh Serenbaugh. Additionally, the following three members were reappointed to the Parks Board, Deputy Police Chief uh, Halverson, High School Athletic Director uh, Howard Rube and Andrew Fick. Uh, to the Budget Committee, uh, Richard Hurley was reappointed. To the Historic Landmarks Commission, Victoria Sage and Ian Sisson. And the Design Review Committee is the only committee that actually specifies in the charter professions. Uh, so Jared Rickenbach was reappointed as the builder member. Ian Sisson was appointed as the architect, and also there's a requirement for one HLC member to be on the DRC, which he will fill that role as well. Hillary uh, Phelps was reappointed, and at her request, will fill uh, the remainder of Leanne Hensley's term. And the final member is Robert Levine. And then finally, on the Planning Commission, uh, Daryl Moore is reappointed. Uh, new members of the Planning Commission are Cindy Price, uh, Pat Corcoran and Chris Womack. And I thank all those many people who submitted applications and those who continue to serve on, on boards and committees. Mr. Estes, are there any changes to the agenda? No changes. 
consent calendar. Items on the consent calendar are considered routine and will be adopted by one motion unless a member of the city council requests to have any item considered separately. Uh, members of the community may have an item removed if they contact the city manager by 5 p.m. the day of the meeting. Uh, Mr. Estes, have any items been requested to be removed by the public? Uh, no requests have been made by the public, but before uh, the council um, moves on that, I would like to provide clarification on two items. Please do. So, uh, first of all, uh, with regards to item 5C, changing the meeting dates in 2019, I just wanted to clarify that the, again, the two meeting dates to be changed are Monday, uh, from Monday, January 21st, 2019, for Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Um, that is proposed to be the following Tuesday, and again, for uh, President's Day on February 18th, it is proposed that that be uh, moved to the following Tuesday. I uh, just want to make sure that was clear uh, from the memo. And then secondly, with regards to item 5E, Amendment to Emergency Services Consulting International Agreement, uh, this is uh, an agreement um, with an agency who uh, employs our interim fire chief, uh, Curtis, and um, just want to clarify that the increase is for an additional $40,000 above the base uh, to provide for a $90,000 contract. That's the amount that's in the contract, but um, the wording was maybe slightly off um, in the memo, and just to make sure that was clear. Thanks for that clarification. Uh, councilors, do you have any items you wish removed? Okay. I'd like to move uh, that we approve the consent calendar. Uh, second. Uh, Chief Spalding, roll call, please. <coughs> Councilor Herman? Yay. Councilor Brownson? Yes. Councilor Rocket? Aye. Mayor Jones? Aye. Okay, regular agenda items. First item is the uh, appointment of a new city councilor. And Mayor, I'm going to let uh, you handle uh, this agenda item in that this is uh, something that uh, I believe is going to be coordinated specifically by the city councilors and rather than the city staff. So let me just briefly uh, discuss the process and how we got here. As I mentioned earlier, uh, in this in early December, uh, I met with uh, Councilor Brownson and with again with the city attorney's concurrence with uh, Councilor Elect Herman and Councilor Elect Rocca to discuss the fact that my seat would be vacated. Uh, it's actually legally not vacated yet. I am the mayor and the ward for Councilor until such time as I resign my position. But we talked about what process would be used. Uh, to fill the remaining two years of my term. And the two choices are to hold an election or uh, for the council to uh, nominate and uh, select a replacement. And our discussion centered around uh, the vacancy period. Um, the next election at the county is the May 20 special district election. If we fill the seat on May 20, then uh, essentially it'll be vacant. There'll be only four people up here uh, for four and a half months. Uh, the other alternative, which is provided for in the charter, is for the council, again, to select someone. And we, uh, again, informally, because two of our members weren't sworn in yet, said we, we all agreed that we would prefer to 
uh, have a, a selection process at council in early January and have five people up here you know, for the full two years. Um, we asked Mayor LaMere to uh, put that on the agenda and the previous council did consider that and approve that and that's how the application process started where we had uh, where we have today four applicants for the position. Um, an additional factor that we considered in that discussion was uh, if, if we do move to an election, then uh, candidates interested in the position will be campaigning this spring. And then if whoever wins is interested in having a full term, will be campaigning again the following summer about 14 or 15 months later. And we thought that could be considered a burden to have to campaign twice in about a 14 or 15 month period. So I just wanna have full transparency to the public on why we're even doing this tonight because the other option would be that we simply have a, have a vacant seat until May 20 and hold a full election. So that's, that's where we are. Um, clearly, um, it's a very serious uh, decision to continue on this path because by selecting a Ward 4 uh, representative at, at, on the dais here, we are essentially, as four city councilors, substituting our judgment for the judgment of every registered voter in Ward 4, and that's not something that we uh, take lightly, but that's the, effective, that's the effect of you know, selecting a, a representative here instead of by election. So uh, our intent, subject to the approval of the current council, since this was actually approved by the last council, would be to um, deliberate after first hearing from each of the four applicants tonight and hearing from uh, the public, of which I know very many people have come to, uh, to speak, and then see if we're able to reach a majority uh, decision. If we're unable to reach a majority decision with an even number of councils, that's a possibility. Our options are, are to either A, um, let the Ward 4 voters choose the councilor at the May 20 election, or B, essentially use a coin toss or some other method that you've seen used in local elections in the past year where there's a tie, 212 to 212, flip a coin. So those are the two options which the council, this council will need to decide if that should happen, which, uh, so I guess at this point, before I start the process, I would maybe just open it up for discussion among the councilors about the process itself. Well, I'd like to uh, um, there was some there are a couple things. Uh, one is I would be interested in talking about the idea if there um, there's two things. One is that uh, there could be a possibility that we have this conversation this evening and then we wait for one more meeting so that the public and ourselves can have some time to sort of take this all in and uh, make a decision at our next meeting, uh, make that appointment instead of doing it just right now with all this input. Give us a little bit more time to kind of ponder this. That's one, one thing. And, and the other one is um, I would also suggest that if we have a tie that we do refer it to uh, the electorate. And I feel this way because um, I was concerned too about the idea of uh, leaving this ward seat open for the next 
actually six months. So it would be till June first, five months. And uh, it started to get a little bit uncomfortable. But A with and this is sorry, but getting a little bit uncomfortable with, with that whole idea of having to uh, uh, appoint for the electorate. But I'm willing to do that. Um, but if we can't get there, I think that if the seat is vacant for this five and a half months, I really don't see anything um, overwhelming that we can't manage until we have an elected official in the seat over the next six months. So I, I feel that uh, then it gives an opportunity for the wards to, the people of the board for to actually uh, make this decision. And whoever gets elected, I'm sure, over the next six months, will also be following uh, this council very closely about what we're doing and what we're deliberating. So I would like to kind of offer that up as, a, as an option, or at least an hybrid. I would just say thank you, Mayor Jones, for explaining why we are at this point um, and what our options are. And um, I would like to definitely hear from the applicants. And I'm curious if they would have applied if it meant running for office. Because I know for many people that's intimidating, understandably. Um, so I'd like to hear from them and the public, which we are going to do tonight. And then um, discuss among ourselves, see where that takes us, um, and possibly do at least a straw vote. If, if we do come to a tie, I would not want to do a coin toss. It just seems like too much riding on it to simply flip a coin. I would want it to go to the voters in that case. <coughs> To the point of uh, having six candidates initially for this, it is true that when we hold an election, very seldom do we get that many people vying for the office. So it's kind of nice to do it this way for, for that reason. Um, to the point of uh, having a, a, a coin toss versus an election, I, I think all of us starting out favor an election as a way of dealing with things rather than a coin toss. But the other thought that occurred to me is that we, if we are in a two to two tie, must mean we have two pretty darn good candidates yes. with a number of in your way. And I know probably everybody sitting here would like closure on this. And so that part of me leans toward coin toss and being done with it instead of dragging it out and you know making it more painful as we go along and expecting people to come back in the front of their time. Um, Having said that, I, I certainly am never going to object to an election as a way of deciding things. So if that's the if that's the consensus of the council, I would certainly go along with that. And yeah, thanks for all the comments. And I I, I was initially a proponent of the, the coin toss should uh, should it be tied. Uh, when we first talked about this a little over a month ago, we said, well, what if there's a tie? And that was my thought process. I think I read something in the paper recently where a recent November 6th election had somewhere locally in the country had ended in coin toss. So, but uh, I, I think I am leaning more towards the, if, if we're tied, just go to the election. And you, you held your position, or your seat set vacant for three months? Yeah, mine, mine was open for three months. And the other, the other comment I want to make, as far as Ward 4 for the next six months, or five months being represented, you are still, 
you have been their representative, and I think that we still have a voice for work for. We have Bruce Jones who spent time meeting with uh, uh, his constituents um, in various uh, situations, as well as going door to door extensively. Um, so I, I don't think they go without representation if we do take this to an election. Okay, well the next uh, step is to ask each of the applicants to come up individually and we've said uh, they would each have five minutes and I believe that Jonah will have a timer on there so you can kind of keep track of where you are. Is everybody, are, they, are my fellow counselors still in concurrence with giving everyone five minutes? And uh, I'm just going to go in the order that they were listed on the agenda. The order they were listed on the agenda was uh, Clifford Hunter Gammon, Pamela Matson McDonald, Kevin Leahy, and Jessamine Grace West. So that would be the order. And I would ask uh, if he's ready, uh, if Clifford Hunter Gammon would come uh, to the podium. <coughs> Oh, and if I can, yeah, everyone just needs to say your name and address, please. Sure. Well, thank you, everyone, for coming out tonight. I appreciate you being here to be a part of this process. Uh, I want to thank Mayor Jones, Councilors Rocca, Norman, and Brownson for this opportunity to speak. My name is Cliff Hunter Gammon. Uh, my husband and I, David, uh, uh, live at 4491 Commercial Street. And we moved to that story about two years ago to realize a number of our dreams. We purchased our first home together and we joined a wonderful community of people who have become good friends and neighbors. While not born here, I'm the son of a multi-generational Oregonian family who date back to pioneer days. My mother actually lived in Astoria as a young adult in the same neighborhood as war for. That said, I was born in Alabama, lived in the Mid-Atlantic in my early adult years, and moved to Portland about 12 years ago. When asked why I chose to apply for the Ward 4 Council position, the driving force is to give back to our community and make a difference. As I speak to residents all over the city, I hear a great many concerns about our future and preservation of our city's beauty and way of life. I'd like to ensure that we do that and do it well. A bit about me and my experience, I've had two careers, both as a strong desire to help others. As a banker, I was awarded for being a lender and making loans to women-owned businesses. As a software engineer manager, I ensure that mission-critical systems are working for the military, space program, and financial sector. I've also been active in volunteering over the years, including leading a major fundraiser for the Epilepsy Foundation volunteering with Habitat for Humanity, various food banks, and elder daycare. As a resident in Tacoma Park, Maryland in the 90s, I served on a local committee and wrote legislation that helped families with daycare, schooling, and other day-to-day -day activities. As your councilman, I believe it's important to focus on two main qualities, listening and balance. Listening is extremely important, as you cannot find solutions if you do not know the problem. What I do every day is find solutions. I like to do the same for a story. I've heard many topics of concern. These include homelessness, housing, increased cost of living, preservation, traffic and safety, 
and emergency preparedness. This leads me to balance. For every solution, we need to balance this with the needs of our community and how, to change affects, how this change affects our residents, our natural beauty, and the life in the city of Astoria. Growth and development need strong guidance from the city to ensure that we preserve our history and maintain our quality of life. While affordable housing is needed, we also have to balance this with preserving our waterfront, our architecture. While funding is needed, various projects, we also need to balance this with the most vulnerable citizens who live on a fixed income or cannot afford a new large tax bill. As such, I have one modest proposal as an example of how certain changes could positively affect our community. Ride-sharing, more commonly known by the leading companies of Uber and Lyft, have not expanded to Clatsop County. I believe we can encourage that expansion and provide a number of benefits to our residents. This includes job opportunities, reduced downtown parking, increased businesses for our bars and restaurants, reduced drinking and driving, provide options for our residents to get to doctors and appointments, provide valuable options for people who want to work and have no other option to get to work except public transit. Of course, I've also heard concerns for our three current cab companies. I believe we can mitigate the economic impact of this change with a modest ride-sharing tax that would provide loans and or grants to the current cab companies to upgrade their vehicles and increase their capacity for traditional taxi service and or ride-sharing. Again, listen, balance, and here is just one of the many possible solutions. Together we can make a difference. I thank you again for your time and consideration. Uh, thank you, Mr. Hunter Gannon. And next will be uh, Pamela Matson McDonald. since 2001 I used to live across in across the pond in Pacific County and before that I lived in many uh, different cities around the US and practiced a number of different professions during the time which gives me a broad perspective and is relevant to the story of today from the arts to the merchant Marines I started my career running a successful architectural ceramics manufacturing facility, selling nationally a line of sinks, tile, lighting fixtures, fireplaces, etc., and educated myself on the building specs and plumbing specs in seven states where I sold my wares. <coughs> Working in the Merchant Marines, I'm traveling the Pacific Ocean. I visited many domestic and foreign ports, which gave me insight and ideas as to successfully working maritime facilities. I'm, in, I'm knowledgeable about the growing economics and technology of sustainable energy, 
electric vehicles and their infrastructure. Being a journalist, I've reported on the innovations and spread of this important option for the future of our planet in magazines and trade publications. Our local community college is extremely important, a needed step up and training institution leading to many types of living wage jobs. With the help of this facility, I was able to be successful in my ceramic manufacturing facility and also gain my license as a merchant marine at Merck's. As I currently own no property in the city and rent my residence, I will contribute a unique perspective. Affordable housing is of great concern to me, especially for those employed by the hospitality industry, which rarely pays a living wage, and for which this city council just added more non-living wage jobs with the hotel that they approved. I know how difficult it is to be able to afford housing I was kicked out of my former residence last year when my landlords upgraded their property to attract more affluent renters. I've been a member of the Washington State Growth Management Committee, the Pacific County Planning Commission, KMUN's Tillicum Foundation Board, the American Association of University Women. I volunteered for the Warrington Astoria uh, Chamber of Commerce, as well as participating in Planning Commission, Port Commission, and Astoria City Council meetings. My diverse experience throughout my life gives me perspective in understanding issues and concerns our city needs to address now. I'm a self-starter, I like to try new ideas, and I'm a creative problem solver. I love to dig in and thoroughly research topics or issues that interest me. I've been engaged in the community and kept informed of the key issues this council must address through my participation in public meetings and attendance at forums and events. I'm well qualified and highly motivated to work with the rest of the council to move Astoria forward to a bright and prosperous future for everyone in the town. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Madsen McDonald. Uh, Mr. Kevin Lake. Thank you, Mayor. Good evening. Councillor Herman, Councillor Bronson, Councillor Rocca, and Mayor Jones, as I stated, thank you for your openness to listen as I share why I should be appointed to the open council position in Ward 4. I'll jump right into it. So my platform, the platform affordable housing, the average home price in Astoria has gone from $176,000 in 2011 to 266000 in 2018, almost a 50% increase. Astoria's lost population. Our population now is at 9,695. In 1990, the population was 10,000. The growth is happening around us. What do we need to do? We need to take action on the comprehensive housing study recommendations, which, by the way, uh, I was part of the uh, Advanced Astoria five-year plan. That was number one in the council adopted goals from 2017. Number two, a balanced workforce. Better trained and paid workforce in Astoria and surrounding communities will assist in home ownership and keeping our youth here after high school attending Classic Community College and returning after college. I sit on the cabinet of Classic Community College. I've spearheaded the Classic Job and Career Fair with a lot of partners involved with this. Our Classic Works Paid Internship Program 
I, I can help be the voice of our students, our educators, and our regional and business partners. Number three, listening to and taking action on behalf of Ward 4 constituents in Upper Town, Alderbrook, Emerald Heights, and all the citizens of Estray goes without saying, but I will hold meetings within the first 30 days of my, my vocal appointment. A thriving downtown. Downtown is our core, working proactively with city council and staff to offer recruitment and retention incentives. What can Astoria create in its toolkit to get us competitive with other cities, and how can we support our existing businesses? I've been part of the ADHDA for, my, for seven years now on the Business Development Committee. We can take a lot of action proactively, I think, working together. Finally, uh, regional voice. I am the CEDAR and the SBDC director. I think you're all aware of that. I'm the economic development director for the county. I can bring that unique voice uh, during my volunteer time as SRA City Council to help lens and focus the, um, what, I, what I've learned um, from my other uh, meetings and involvement. Council goals, we were asked to speak to the council goals. Time is very limited. I just have highlighted, they're all so important, but I've highlighted the support, work, and recommendation of the homelessness task force that I said I can also contribute to, implement the provisions contained in the City of Astoria Affordable Housing Study, increase disaster resilience amongst the community, and work with community partners to implement the five-year economic development strategy that we have here. <coughs> Why I applied. So my family has been in Clatsop County since 1879. My family has lived in Astoria since 1900, almost 119 years. I want to honor the past of this beautiful river city and individuals and families who have settled here while welcoming new residents who will be instrumental in building our future and working together, together to make Astoria the best it can be. I'm a consensus builder. I have no agenda other than looking at things through the eyes of economic development and business, and if that's an agenda, well then so be it. Without a thriving business community here, citizens in their earnings years will not stay. They will move away from Astoria, and I want to be very clear here, growing up here, living here now, the importance I understand of the riverfront and our beautiful area here, and working within the guidelines of what's already been established, I will be a consensus builder along with the council and the citizens, uh, along with <clears throat> any discussion that we have. So I moved away after high school, and I came back here home in 2011 to take the job I have currently. This is my dream job, this is my hometown. Volunteerism is what I'm all about. I'm past president of the Astoria Regatta Festival, I'm on the board again, we have our 125th year, by the way, this year, for much more to come on that. Uh, Seaside Rotary, St. Mary's Star of the Sea, ADHDA, and go on, on and on. So I am here, to serve the citizens of Astoria, and I promise you all that I, will, that I will give my all. I ask the council to consider my experience and my background related to a, very, to a balanced city council and note that I will hit the ground running. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mr. Leahy. And finally, uh, Jessamine Grace West. This is really exciting. Uh, thanks everyone for taking the time to come out tonight. Um, thank you to my fellow applicants and thank you to the council for this opportunity. Uh, my name is Jessamine Grace West. I live at 3409 Irving Avenue with my partner, Graham Nystrom, who is the general manager of Coast Community Radio, uh, where I've been a volunteer for almost nine years. 
Um, I make my living here by working with horses. I'm also the executive director of a local nonprofit, um, the Astoria Arts and Movement Center, which I founded in 2011. And admittedly, when I first moved here 14 years ago, I had a pretty rough start. Uh, I think that I had a lot of really strong ideas and, and good intentions um, for Astoria, none of which came to fruition because I wasn't connected to anybody or anything here. Um, and so it took a few years for me to learn that it, it was much less about what I think is good for Astoria uh, and much more about listening to the community that was already here. So the community that had created this amazing place um, that I'm really honored to call home. Um, these perspectives came from a, a range of people, bartenders, people that owned businesses, lawyers, people that worked with children, domestic violence abuse survivors, um, law enforcement, doctors, people that own their home, people that don't have anywhere to live, um, artists, contractors, the list could go on and on. But all of these people have truly educated me over the years uh, about what it means to live in a small community and um, what's important to them and their families. So these conversations that I've had, including with those in my ward, are exactly uh, what prompted me to get more involved at the decision-making level. Um, I think like Kevin, I don't really have an agenda. Um, if I did, it would just be putting community first. So I'm a really strong advocate for supporting infrastructure in order to grow um, responsibly and sustainably. And so when we use a word like infrastructure, we can look at some of, the, some of the things, the issues that are important to us that reflect how strong or maybe how less strong our infrastructure is. Um, so a lot of issues that I would look forward to working on or working with like homelessness, uh, affordable housing, living wages, um, our facilities, parks and rec, our library, um, our natural resources, uh, the river, the integrating the Hispanic voice in our discussions. So a lot of these perspectives, uh, my ideas have evolved around them over time the more that I get to know people here. And, and I, there's a range of perspectives, obviously, and if I were appointed to City Council Ward 4, I would do my best to advocate um, on behalf of my ward. Um, and I want to close uh, with a quick look back at a specific date in 2018. Uh, it is the new year. But March 28th uh, was the day that myself and two other women, um, Nancy and Andrea Mazzarella, who's here, closed the sale on the Oddfellows building. And if any of you guys had told me that I would be a, an owner of a downtown behemoth, <laughs> even two years ago, um, I definitely wouldn't have laughed at you, but I definitely wouldn't have believed you. Um, especially since my biggest possession at the time, I think, was my 99 Honda Civic. <laughs> um, but, there was something in me, it was my love for community, 
my love for downtown, this historic building, this community organization, um, and all of the people that it, it matters to that said, Jessamine, you need to be brave and you need to stand up and fight for what you believe in. And it's, it's bigger than me. It's not just me. It's the community voice and listening to that and then getting to work. And that is exactly what I would do if I was appointed to work for city councilor. Thank you. So thank you, Ms. West. I just want to say uh, how incredibly impressed I am with all four candidates. And as uh, Councilor Araka mentioned, you may have been a little surprised when we mentioned six candidates. There were originally six candidates, and two uh, withdrew uh, shortly before that press announcement went out. So four candidates who are obviously all very passionate, uh, very talented, very intelligent, and uh, want to serve our community. And I think we're extremely fortunate to have four people willing to step up to the plate. If, if we do uh, emerge from this evening's meeting with a new councilor selected, I just want to say to the three councilors who aren't selected, thank you so much for coming forward tonight. Uh, thank you for, it takes a lot of guts, a lot of people not willing to do that, to stand up there and put yourself on the line. So thank you so much for uh, being willing. So um, the next step in this process is to open it to public comment. Now, normally when you have a public hearing on something, which this isn't a hearing, this is just comment. You, know, you ask for people in favor of and people neutral and people opposed. I, I feel, and I'll open this up to my fellow counselors, that if we were to say, okay, everybody for candidate A and then everybody for B, whoever goes last is probably either at an advantage or disadvantage, I'm not sure. So I think it's better if we just, uh, just let people come up and speak, whoever you're speaking for. Is everyone in, in okay with that? And I will say that um, it's, it's 7.50, clock in the back doesn't work. Um, I will, I will at, at uh, probably in about 20 minutes, I will call a recess for 10 minutes. So we'll get started and I will take a 10 minute break because I know people get tired and they need to get some fresh air and then we'll, uh, and then we'll continue. And if there's another hour's worth of comments, I'll call another recess and then we'll continue so that it can, it's, an, it's a disadvantage to people if you come at the end and no one's had a chance to get up and stretch as well. So are we okay with the game? Oh, I'm sorry. The, the, so the normal public comment period uh, is three minutes, and I would suggest we stick with three minutes. So then in that case, um, when you do come forward to make a statement uh, about either for or against a candidate, you have three minutes. The timer's on the screen. I ask you to state your name your address, and then one additional item last for tonight is just what ward you're in. Just tell us what ward you're in. Everyone can speak, but we'd like to know what ward you're in. Um, so uh, with that, I'll open it to public comment. And the podium's there. You just have to stand up and come forward. seat closest to the mic for that reason. Um, I'm Graham Nystrom. I live at 3409 Irving Avenue, and I'm in Ward 4. Um, and I'm casting my vote tonight for Jessamine West. Um, and I, I think that the worst thing that could come from her being appointed to the council is that I would have to share her. Um, but she's an amazing person, 
and I'm incredibly lucky to, to be her partner. And I think that the city of Astoria would be incredibly lucky to have her as a counselor. Um, I think that I'm, I'm relatively new to the area, but I think that Astoria and a lot of places in the country and a lot of aspects of our lives do need protection and they need someone that is willing to fight. Um, and Jessamine is capable of doing both of those things. I'm sorry, I'm nervous and I'm passionate because what she said made me cry. <laughs> um, so what happened with the Oddfellows building was a manifestation of her ability to see what's, what needs to be done and to take the necessary actions to do them. Um, she does the right things for the right reasons and she's incredibly um, passionate and, and she knows what needs to be done and she knows why it needs to be done. And it's not because of her opinion, it is because of, of what she's learned and what she takes in. And, and so, you know, the Oddfellows building was protected from irresponsible development almost single-handedly, Andrea. <laughs> um, and, and those, those people that use that space, the community that uses that space, was protected. And, and that is what she will continue to do for every aspect of Astoria life, I can guarantee that. Um, that was my time, okay, take a breath. Um, uh, I think that, you know, ho hopefully I've generally made my point that, that she is invested in this. And, I heard a good piece of advice that if you want something done, give it to a busy person. And so that makes her an excellent candidate as well. Um, but if, if you want to know more about why she would be a good counselor, I would invite you to ask me personally at any given point in time. Um, and I will give you a boatload of information that will take a lot more than three minutes. Um, but yeah, I am suggesting to the council and, and to the mayor that Jessamine is the ideal candidate for the appointment. She would absolutely campaign were it to come to that. Um, and when we got together, I, I had a hard time wrapping my head around her love for Astoria, but now I get it, and I see it, and it's real, and it's powerful. Thank you. And Invested in the well-being of Astoria, and I'm here to speak on behalf of Kevin Leahy. I have had the privilege over the last seven years of volunteering actively with him. I succeeded him as club president, so the transition from officers to officers, we worked very closely together, and I got to observe him as a leader, and then as somebody who is part of a board, somebody who gets work done. And I think that there are a lot of people that have really great ideas for what could happen in our community, and those people need to be part of the conversations and I think that we also need people that can enact them. And I've seen Kevin take some really complex ideas and figure out action steps to make them achievable. I've seen him impact people's lives. I've seen him rally leaders around him. I've seen him agree to disagree in a very respectful way and Mary Jones, I really appreciated your comment on that. I think that Kevin would be a phenomenal candidate for this and I really hope that you seriously consider uh, his nomination because I would really love to see him um, 
be elevated to this position and allowed to bring his leadership to the city of Astoria in this way. So. David Reed, I live at 4924 Cedar in Astoria. I'm a resident of Ward 4. First of all, thank you to everyone who put their name forward for this position. Your commitment to this community is apparent and it is appreciated. And the same goes for our newly elected and our incumbent council people. Thank you. I would like to add my personal support for one candidate tonight. Kevin Leahy would be an ideal choice to fill the vacant Ward 4 position because he understands what makes the community great and he's ready to go on day one. With just two years to go on the term, getting someone up to speed quickly is extremely important. And Kevin knows budgets, strategic planning, public meetings protocols, ethics, and much of what makes public service different from running a private business, although he's done that as well. I have volunteered alongside Kevin for many years and worked with him for two years, and I can tell you that he is the first to work, the last to leave, and is always doing something to make this a great place to live whether through his job or through his many volunteer efforts. Kevin's work with the City of Astoria's Advanced Astoria Project is a great example of where he brings his knowledge of economic development to bear on practical and immediate efforts right here in Astoria. Kevin is a leader, and I think we can agree that leadership is a quality that we could all use a lot more of in government, business, and community. Among the sharpest of Kevin's leadership skills is his ability and his willingness to listen. And despite his extensive experience, Kevin seeks and encourages input before making important decisions. That results in better decisions, more buy-in from stakeholders, and better follow-through. Having grown up here, Kevin's roots in Astoria run deep. He knows how we got to where we are today. But his roots also run wide, and they're still growing. Kevin has the ear and the respect of business, political, and community leaders throughout Oregon. A person with the knowledge and influence Kevin has, wielded in the most collaborative and responsible way possible, is exactly the type of person that I want representing my ward on City Council. Hi, I'm Chris Ferrara, live at 3023 Harrison Avenue in Ward 4. And, um, I don't have a prepared statement. I don't have a lot of fancy words to say tonight, but uh, I do care about who represents my ward very much. And um, I've heard some pretty strong statements in favor of one candidate, but I feel like maybe we need some new ideas in the city and not take somebody that's so involved in so many things for so long. Maybe we need a fresh face in here. Maybe we need a younger person in here. Maybe we need a woman in here. I see, not to pick on you guys there, but I see four men with gray beards and one woman. And I'm wondering, I look in the audience and I see kind of 50-50, and I'm thinking, in fact, maybe there's even more women than men. And I'm thinking, I think there needs to be a woman, another woman on the council. And I'm not into total parity with everything, but at some point, you got to look at the balance. I mean, look at the staff. You have one woman at the head of a department. I think the city needs the perspective of more women in the council, and I appreciate very much the two former counselors that 
chose not to run this time, Cindy Price and Zebby Nemoel, and I'll miss their presence on there. I think they have a different perspective. And I may be a guy, and I even had a gray beard up until about a month ago. I shaved it off because there are too many guys with gray beards around here. <laughs> but, um, just if it means anything to you as a Ward 4 person, I would like to see a younger or a, or a female person on, on the board, on the, on the city council. And um, I look back through the records, and I went back to 1988. Every, every councilor from Ward 4 has been a man. And I know it's not fair just to try to divide things up that way, but they, there is a difference in the way people think, and there are different emphases that the sexes have. And I think it's important to recognize that. I would prefer you consider one of the two women that applied tonight. And I thank all four for what they did. People have said that, but it takes a lot of guts. And I'm really proud of how many great people we have in this town that could apply so well for the job. Thanks. Daryl Moore, 3377 Grand Avenue. Also a man with a gray Ian beard. <laughs> uh, I think we have a clear winner tonight, and that's Ward 4 and the City of Astoria. Oh. We have some great applicants. I'm excited to see where council goes with this. I'm not up here to speak in favor of anyone in particular. Um, I'm here to encourage council to come to a decision tonight. Um, not to put added pressure on you, it'll be a difficult decision for you to make. Leaving a seat vacant on council for five months um, will expose you to decisions being unmakeable. Uh, without a clear majority, we'll have things fail that might otherwise get through. It's, you're in a tough spot that you have to make controversial decisions and to add to that, the inability to come to a majority will just make it harder to make those decisions. You've been elected to make those decisions for us, and I would hate to see you um, postpone your ability to make those decisions. I'm confident that Ward 4 elected uh, Mr. Jones a couple of years ago to represent him. I feel like he will be able to continue that representation tonight in speaking on behalf of Ward 4 residents who may not be here, that's what he was elected for. Uh, and again, when he was elected to mayor, I'm sure Ward 4 had something to say about that. So he'll bring a voice for Ward 4 for the folks who aren't here to vote for him, uh, anyone in particular. In addition, running an election costs money. Uh, it would probably cost the city ten dollars or $15,000 to participate in that election. I don't think that's necessary to do uh, for a short term that uh, someone appointed tonight would fill. So that's my comment. I hope you uh, um, make a selection tonight, and I, I don't envy your position. <laughs> Hi, my name is Kristen Steam. I live in Camp Lamont. Um, I'm here uh, to read about Jessamine. Um, if you know her socially, you know how gracious she is, uh, how wide her circle is. 
Um, if you've worked with her, you know she comes prepared. She, you can count on her. She, she has a different work style than I'm accustomed to. She's very collaborative. She, she want, it's all about like, let's work together and let's make this happen. I'm, I'm so used to, um, here's how I think it should go down and let's do this. You know, she's, she's a listener. She, she welcomes input. It's all about what are, let's share our ideas. Let's make this happen. Um, I know her from dance and, um, Every year, she puts on this huge show. Uh, <laughs> I, I told her I wanted to learn the choreography, but that I, my dancing days, were, I, I didn't want to perform. She's like, that's fine. So midway, uh, two of the gals, one was hospitalized, one had to be somewhere, and um, <laughs> she's very persuasive. But she, her style is she would never ask. She would just, you know, tell you of the situation, and I volunteered, and um, <laughs> she is, she's transformed this group of gals. She, um, one of the things that happens in class at the end is, we're, after we cool down, we're sitting, the lights are low, she has this little off-the-cuff, uh, appropriate thing from what's just happened and it's it's not motivational it's not really inspirational it sort of is but really it's it's an intentional thing that we leave with this intention and if she were like a, a, a football coach they would never lose you, you just she's just <laughs> she's changed this group of women not just as dancers but as people she's changed me um, I think what I value most about her, but oh, but I, anyway, part of this process of, of deciding I was going to dance was because it had been 20 years. I'm texting her, you know, I'm 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 emailing her longer and longer emails, and she's responding in kind, and and she's an amazing writer. She's an amazing writer. She's going to make she she wrote a grant and she got everything she asked for. I've never heard of anybody first time out getting everything they asked for. In a grant. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's hard and. Uh, and she's this, the speaker. The fact that she can just off the cuff inspire us to the point where we are better people. I think that's what I appreciate the most about her: is her integrity. She's just she does the right thing. She will do right by you. Thank you. My name is Bob Goldberg. I live at 3741 Harrison. I'm in Ward 4. And I just, as one of the guys here with a gray beard, uh, who decided not to run for this office, who has previously decided to run for the office and lost by three votes, I know the process of the election. I wanted to echo Chris Ferrara's comments almost exactly. He said almost exactly word for word what I wanted to say. So I want to back him up. And I also, while I'm there, I know there are two really qualified women, but uh, I would vote for Jessamine. Uh, the council, I, I, I have approached and been approached by the council on this appointment. And uh, they pretty much told me that it would be really great if we had a young woman apply for this position. You got one, so go for it.
Dwight Caswell, 457 Alameda, Ward 1. Um, Councilpersons, Mr. Mayor, um, it was about 10 years ago that I had an exhibit of my photographs at Camera Work Gallery, and during the reception, I could hardly fail to notice this gorgeous redhead who was standing in front of one of my friends weeping. We were introduced, and that was the beginning of uh, one of the great friendships in my life with Jessica. I was one of those who assisted her in starting the AAMC. And I've known her in a lot of different ways over the years. And I have been impressed with her intelligence, her creativity, her belief in community, and the courage of her convictions. Uh, she also has enough energy that this town would save a lot of money to figure out a way to hook her up to the grid. <laughs> um, I, people in town know her as a performing artist, as a businesswoman, as a radio programmer. Uh, she's all of that and a lot more. And um, I think she's capable of handling just about anything that's thrown her way. And I would like you to give her a chance to take one more role as a council person for this city because I can't think of anyone who would do a better job. Thank you. Cedar Street, Ward 4. Um, in 1992, we elected Susan, Sue Schroeder to be our uh, uh, council person. So there was a female um, back in 1992 for four years. And she did a great job. I'm really impressed with um, uh, Jessamine's uh, grassroots initiative and her uh, incredible, incredible ability with the Odd Fellows Project. We'd like to see her in Ward 4 to be our representative. Thank you. Hello. Uh, my name is Jeffrey Hoya. I'm speaking on behalf of myself and my wife, Summer Hoya. We live at... Your address, Bob, oh, sorry. Yeah, 1134 Grand Avenue. We're in Ward 3. So thank you, Joan, for taking that position. Um, I'm here uh, to speak uh, toward Jessamine. Um, the hardest thing when I found out she was doing this and needed support was figuring out what to say about her because there are so many things it's difficult to pare it down. Um, the thing that I, that stands out to me out of the 15-ish years that I've known Jessamine uh, is this Oddfellows project. Uh, it's been kind of brought up in general terms, but the reality of what happened is so important to the trend that we're seeing as citizens in Astoria right now, where somebody from out of the area was going to take a historic building and completely demo it to a point where it would not be a historic landmark anymore. And I know Jessamine is not the one who stood up and said, you know, these people can't have this building. She was upset about it. Everybody, all the girls were upset about it. But what happened is the community Everyone who knows them rallied around them, and we made the initiative. Everybody stood up for them in what we knew was right for Astoria and what they believed in to keep that historic space a historic space. Because if Astoria loses its history, what more do we have than being what we are, which is a tremendous historic community and a community that has kept that here and kept it whole as much as possible. 
the other thing about Jessamine that's so amazing is if you want a voice for the people, that is truly her. The only real, real piece that she has as far as, you know, uh, having to get entrenched in the, the government piece was the Oddfellows building, and you can see the fire that that lit in her to run for this position and seeing the success that, that they have had to keep that historic building historic uh, just really lit that passion to the point where she's willing to give her time and wants to put some of that passion toward Ward 4 uh, and to the city as a whole as well. And so I would just ask that you, um, you know, and sorry, I have a few seconds. One last thing is, you know, as a local business owner, local homeowner, and somebody who works, has a government job in the county, my wife often asks, what's going on with this issue that's coming up? And the reality is, in my position, I don't always know, but we always go to Jessamine, because Jessamine always has her finger on the pulse. She always knows what's going on. So I would ask that you consider her. Thank you. Cindy Mudge and I work at, uh, I live at 434 South Denver, so I'm in Ward 2. And congratulations to all the new people, uh, the new counselors. This is pretty exciting to see a uh, whole new faces here. And but and if they're still here, thank you to Cindy and Zeddy and Arlene for being such great advocates of this town. Um, I'm here to specifically talk in, on behalf of Kevin Leahy. I've known him since he moved back to town in 2011. He is um, truly a consensus builder. He loves his community and he understands what's required. He knows and has actually been actively involved in the housing issue and he wants to see it solved and he's a, a solutions person. He has a lot of passion for this town. He grew up here, his family's here. But the one great thing about Kevin is he's always been welcoming to newcomers, to new ideas. I have never once around him felt like, old oh guard, you're new, don't need to hear you. He is just truly welcoming of so many new ideas because he wants to find solutions. And so I had the opportunity to work with him on several different projects and um, like a lot of true hardcore historians, new and old, Volunteerism is definitely one of the places that I see him time and time again. And this town is built on volunteerism. And so that's one of the things that I have really been impressed with him for. So thank you again for letting us speak and voice our support. Good evening. My name is Jessica Newhall. I live in Unincorporated Cuts County, so I am not represented here in Astoria, but I am here to speak on behalf of Kevin Leahy. Um, one of the issues that has come up tonight is around women and women representation on the council and representation in government, representation in our community. Um, there's very few people who would look at me. I'm also the president of the Assistance League, which is a membership organization of 120 women. I am the first person to step up and say that women um, have the 
the right to sit at any table. And I'm very lucky in that I have an employer and a boss who recognize that. I am the first lead advisor at Clatsop Community College Small Business Development Center that is a woman. He, Kevin is somebody who does not see gender. He is not, he is somebody who looks at the merits of the individual and the challenges in front of him and addresses those and builds consensus based purely on fact and experience and what is best for all those involved. It's not always based on, you know, politics. He he is not a he can come across as a politician, but that's not truly who he is. He is truly an Astorian in his blood. He's truly for the people and a consensus builder. And I do strongly believe that while there's some incredible women who've stepped forward tonight, and thank you so much for doing that, I do think that Kevin does represent the he does he is gender neutral in the sense that he sees that anyone with the right experience, anyone with the right credentials, anyone with the right passion can step into a role. So I am willing to support him on that. Thank you. Um, so it's it's 8.15 p.m. Um, I am going to call, as I said earlier, I'm going to call a 10-minute recess just so people can get some fresh air. It's stuffy in here. And uh, unfortunately, again, that clock doesn't work, but if you can be back in your seats at 825, and we'll start promptly then. <laughs>
He's also just a really great person to work with and for. So I think that's pretty much what I wanted to say is that I like working with Kevin and I think the council um, would gain a lot and that's where I would gain a lot by having him on city council. Thank you so much. Elizabeth Bennett Trey, 3849 Grand Avenue, Astoria. I've lived in Ward 4 for over 20 years. I love Ward 4. Uh, Upper Town is wonderful. I want to speak uh, about Jasmine Grace, who, ever since I met her, she has astounded me with her energy and her heart. And I completely trust that she will represent me and the people first. And I'm not belittling any other candidate. I think I know that some of them, are, all of them, are very qualified. But I really trust her to bring something new, fresh, and that, a new kind of energy that I think we need. I think it's time to look at things in a little differently than they've been looked at. And that's why I strongly support her. Thank you. I now, I just moved from Ward 3, thank you Joan, <laughs> to Ward 1. I'm at uh, 537 Bond Street, yeah. I think that's Ward 1. Welcome. Thank you! <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm here to speak on behalf of Jessamine um, as well. I had a whole little written thing, um, but I think to echo what so many people have said, I don't envy your decision today. All of the candidates are wonderful. I don't think that we're going to lose in this situation, um, but my, my main points in wanting to support Jessamine do come down to um, a lot of the things that have already been said tonight, her heart, her integrity, her incredible ability to um, be powerful and passionate and care deeply for things and also remain um, reasonable and logical and respectful in conflict. Um, I don't think we would have <laughs> gotten through that uh, Oddfellows purchase if it wasn't for her, and I am a realtor as my trade, but, but she really <laughs> was the powerhouse of seeing things um, through when I was feeling hopeless. So, um, yeah, I think there's just more, more things than I could even say um, about how much she's been involved in the community, not just how many uh, grants she has been awarded writing for the Astoria Arts and Movement Center. That place would not be going if it wasn't for her, but she also volunteers at the Liberty Theater, the Harbor, with the uh, Pride, with the NBA, KMUN. Um, she's just really, I think, got her finger on the pulse of the community and is a really incredible listener. And um, yeah, I would urge you to vote for her. Thanks. speak at council, so pardon the nervousness. Um, I'm here to speak on behalf of Kevin Leahy's application for city council. 
I think Kevin brings to the position several key skill sets, experience, and an established network in the local small business community and broader community at all levels um, that will help make him an effective and successful city councilor. Kevin brings together new and old Astoria. Kevin was born and raised here and has deep roots in this community. And this background provides him with a thorough understanding of the values, concerns, and wishes of longtime residents for how this community can evolve in, into the future. Um, however, his life experience has also made it easy for him to relate to Astoria's newer residents, of which I am one. Since he spent many years away from this community, he brings a breadth of experience in seeing how other places have approached the same challenges that we face today. I think he understands the perspectives of Astoria's newer residents, as well as those who have lived here in this area for generations. Kevin is focused, articulate, optimistic, and effective. <coughs> I have no doubt that he will come well prepared to city council meetings, work collaboratively with other city councilors, and bring enthusiasm and a can-do attitude uh, to finding solutions that the, to the challenges that the, that the city faces. Kevin is well connected within Astoria's small and larger business community. I believe he will bring a will. Um, excuse me. I believe he will bring a realistic, uh, grounded perspective on on how Astoria can evolve, with interests of the people who live and work here always kept at the forefront. So I encourage you to consider Kevin Lakey for city council. Is there anyone else who wishes to speak? Can the people out in the back hall hear? They know they have an opportunity to speak if they wish. And there's seats in the side. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah, there, so there are several seats inside. If anybody wants to come in and sit down, there's at least three chairs that are open. Please come take a look. There's two chairs in the front. My name is Victoria Sage. I uh, live at 613 West Green Drive, and I'm in Ward 2. Um, I'm here to speak on behalf of Jessamine, although as an historian, I'm, it warms my heart that we have so many really passionate, wonderful candidates. Um, I would like to see Jessamine in this position um, because she represents not only the female demographic, but also the artist's demographic. Um, it takes a brave and guileless person to put everything that she has on the line to invest in uh, a community of artists and her livelihood is relying on rent from them, <laughs> which is a pretty brave thing to do. Um, we have the opportunity to uh, have the voice of a person with a fresh fire in her belly to speak for us. And personally, I um, am excited to see where she goes in this, in this line. So thank you for your time. It's scarier on this side. <laughs> City Price, 1219 Jerome, so Ward 3. Uh, I want to thank you all for the very thoughtful process tonight that you're doing your best to uh, continue democracy here in Astoria. And um, I think that when, as a, as a community leader, 
and just as a person in general, I have felt that identity politics have, have caused a lot of problems in this country, and I don't agree with them. However, I think that when you have two candidates who are very similar and who are both superlative, as I think you have in both Kevin Leahy and Jessamyn Grace, then what I look for is diversity. I look to see who can bring in uh, qualities that are not currently represented. And so that's why I ask you to seriously consider appointing Jessamyn Grace. She um, is not only a woman, she's a young woman. She uh, is a businesswoman, is involved in the, um, in the arts community here in Astoria, which is one of its foundational building blocks of its current renaissance. She has uh, brought in a cohort of people here that we have never seen at this meeting, that I haven't seen at least in four years. And I think that's very important. I do think that it is part of my responsibility as a leader, wherever I am in Astoria, to try to bring in the next generation, to try to bring in people who aren't there already, but who have the qualities and the abilities. And it's not just their identity politics, but they have the abilities. I have been known, by the way, to choose a bearded man. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for all your patience tonight. This is a wonderful opportunity for us to get to know our community better. And I would like to say all these candidates are terrific. And um, I think me, I'm Susie McCleary Blackmore. I live in Astoria since 1972. I have never felt as close to the council as in the last eight years because Zeddy sat here and I helped raise Zeddy. Uh, I live at 5241 Ash Street. She's one of my favorite people in the world. and, and uh, I felt very sure that things were in good hands with Zetty on the council, and I'm sorry that she had to step down, but I really want to speak to the importance of open-minded youth, and I think Jessamyn Grace represents the kind of promise we need here in the future of this community. We need somebody with an open mind, with someone who has an ability to listen and balance all of our views and be gracious about that. I'm not making any puns about her name, but Jessamyn Grace West, I think, has qualities that we haven't even discovered yet. And I know Kevin will be terrific. I know Pamela Matson McDonald would also be terrific. So it's an awful difficult situation. And you folks, too, I don't know. But you know, I'm so proud of this board for, for bringing the passion of this community Together, we were always considered in Alderbrook to be kind of the forgotten step children of Australia, <laughs> and that is no longer the case. So I would like to bring it in to, uh, to this council and represent us in a very uh, meaningful way for the future, and I, I would vote for Jessamine Grace West. Twice. <laughs> 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 Fred Alphonse, who worked 
property, 1242 Grand. I've lived here uh, most of my life, 70 plus years. Uh, I'll make this short and sweet. I think there's a lot of good qualities here. Everything was brought up, but I would like to support Kevin Leahy for the job. Thank you very much. going once one more time <laughs> yeah I saw a few people showed up in the back outside anybody want to speak going twice Does anyone and although she is not in my <clears throat> ward, uh, Jessamine has been my friend and my neighbor for quite a while. And um, one of the things that I would, or three things that I think would really make her a great candidate, excuse me, <clears throat> is one, her attention to detail. She just, she's just very, very meticulous. That's just the kind of person she is. Uh, secondly, her commitment, whatever she does, she commits to it 100%. Um, and the third thing is that she has a very keen awareness of how long things take and how much work things actually are. She's not the type that would ever bite off anything she could not chew. So if she is deciding that she wants to do this, she is very serious about it. And if she's going to be making decisions on the council, she's not going to make them lightly. She's going to research them and find out everything there is to know. And although maybe I won't agree with what she says or what she comes up with, at least I as a citizen will know and be confident that she's thoroughly researched everything. So, thank you. So very impressive, and yes, we do have a tough job to do now. 
And uh, we have some very highly qualified and highly skilled and capable people, uh, more than one of whom could do an excellent job. Uh, so I'm going to open it up for council discussion, and we could uh, go back and forth a bit with our impressions. And uh, you know, somebody said earlier, are you going to talk about them in front of them? <laughs> and uh, I did ask uh, back in December if we I, I was concerned that how do you do that without, you know, it could be awkward. Uh, could we do an executive session? And the answer was no, you can't do an executive session. This is what the public meetings are all about. So we're going to discuss the candidates uh, in public, in a public meeting. And so I will, uh, I will open it up to council discussion and we'll maybe go back and forth a bit and then see if we get to a point where somebody wants to make a motion or, or two or three. <laughs> I too want to thank all four of you for coming forward. Um, I think that uh, you all bring something to the table. I all seem like intelligent, thoughtful people, and it just makes it that much harder. Now, if, I, if there's one that stood out strongly, it would make my job a lot easier. But that's not the case. And, um, I just wanted to point out before I make any more remarks, this is for the sake of the audience, that, you know, Mayor Jones has talked about us uh, talking about a process to go forward with. What you may not know is that there's nothing in the rules that says how we do this. This, there, it just says, appoint somebody. <laughs> it's not prescriptive. So what you're experiencing is a council trying to do this the best possible way we can. So uh, I want to, again, thank our, my fellow council members and the mayor for their thoughtfulness in, in going forward with this process. Um, I've, I've been having to think about this for since it came up. And, um, and then we had these candidates, and I've been having to think about all of you and, and what you have to say and what I can glean about what you may be able to offer. Uh, some of you I know a little bit more than the others. I'm, uh, I've been acquainted with Jessamine. Um, I also was a, I'm an occasional KMUN programmer, and I met her when she came in to do her very first show because I was doing the show before her. And that's when I was introduced to her nine years ago. Nine years, Some, something yeah. Something like that. So, and and so we've been acquainted. Uh, I've known Kevin through this forum and the work that he's done with Advanced Historia. And um, there's no question that Kevin has a lot to offer this community and has offered and will continue to offer no matter what happens here tonight. And I again appreciate you being here and and. Uh, uh, offering your advice from out there so far. Um, and the people who have spoken passionately for uh, both, Ke both Kevin and for Jessamine, uh, thank you. Uh, I, I think you all uh, spoke honestly and truthfully and heartfelt. Um, so for me, this is still a really hard, I mean, it's, it is a hard decision. And it's a hard decision 
like I just I kind of said earlier, because I really feel that you know it's Ward Four voters that should be having the opportunity to make this decision. And the reason we ended up here is that there could have been a special election in March, I believe, potentially. But by the time, at the point in time that we were aware of this situation, there was not time to actually get candidates signed up for an election in March. So we just couldn't go there. So we did end up with this kind of large, long time lag. And I do want to note, too, uh, just for clarification, that apparently a special election or an election under a regular election for one war probably costs the city about two to three thousand dollars. So it's manageable. I mean, it's, it's, it would be a good investment to let the people speak. So I don't think if we get there and we end up doing that, I won't feel bad. In the meantime, I just want to say that I think we have some great candidates, and uh, at the moment, I am uh, willing to support uh, Jessamine in this. I have basically can boil it down to one thing, and that Jessamine does represent a demographic that rarely, rarely gets uh, represented by this council. And that's somebody in the 30s and 40s who's out there working in the city, trying to make a go of it, that are committed to this town, and they don't have a voice. And I think it's really important that here's an opportunity for that voice to be heard, for her to represent not only her ward, but all those individuals that are going to be taking the leadership of Astoria in the future. And I think what Cindy Price said is really important, that we need to be able to promote these people forward whenever there's an opportunity to do it. So, no disrespect to the other candidates. That would be my choice at this point in time. So, I'll yield the floor to the uh, other counselors and mayors. I'll dive right in. Um, this is very difficult. Um, we have four wonderful candidates. Two, though, for me, are, um, are my top two. I consider them outstanding in, in different ways. One is Mr. Kevin Leahy, and the other is Ms. Jessamine Grace West. Um, they both bring lots of qualities, experiences, integrity. Um, from what I, I don't know either of them well, but from what I've seen of them, um, that goes without question. So I. I have to think what is best for Astoria, what do I think is best for Astoria. And first I want to mention my former Planning Commission colleague, Daryl Moore. I, I agree with you, Daryl. I think it would be good if we can come to an agreement tonight as, an, as a council to make an appointment, if we can. Um, so among those two candidates, I am supporting Jessamine. And the reason I am supporting her are reasons similar to what you just said, Tom. Um, she is a small business owner in downtown Astoria, and I think it would be great to have a small business owner from the downtown on the city council because that's such a core part of our community. Um, she also is a performing artist, and our arts community is such another crucial part of our community. 
Um, she is a nonprofit business owner as well, so she's, that's another aspect of our community that is, is very important to our culture, um, just to who we are as historians. Um, so I will say though, if I were to, um, if she were not to win, if it were, if, if we were to choose Kevin, I would be very happy and I know we would be in great hands either way. So we are in a really enviable position and I just appreciate seeing all of your faces out there because you are engaged in our community and that's what democracy is all about and that's, you know, one of the aspects that makes our community so great. So thank you. Well, I want to just say to uh, Mr. Hunter Gammon and Ms. McDonald uh, that uh, uh, you probably feel like you walked into a little buzzsaw this evening with all the folks supporting the two very much better known people in the community because I know you're very new and so on. Um, I think we have four strong candidates to choose from and I appreciate uh, all of you stepping forward. Um, I, I certainly am sort of partial in a way to uh, gray-bearded But I do think it is important for us to have um, representation on this council that, that uh, is very and represents different sections of our community. And when you're faced with a situation where we have a can't-lose situation, where if we chose Kevin, it would be a win. If we choose just a minute to go to win. And I think in this case, because of the things that Jessamine can bring to the council in terms of her youth and her uh, being a downtown business owner, between being a young entrepreneur uh, and all the other volunteers things she's done in the community, her connections with the Hispanic community and the LGBT community and so on, that it, it broadens our experience as a council to select her position. So I also favor Jessica for, for the position. And I'm sorry, I'm not used to turning my mic on, so I hope I was here. <laughs> so it, it appears you know, from the public comment and my colleagues' comments that uh, of the four outstanding people who have applied for this position, Miss West and Mr. Leahy are clearly the, the favorites due to their experience and their talents and their abilities. And I would concur with that, that either of them would be an excellent counselor. As the, as the person who will be resigning his seat uh, and whose uh, position it is, whose ward it is that is gonna be represented by our, our a newly elected counselor, I do feel a special obligation to ward four and I would just note again that, and what I said earlier, we, we are choosing, we have chosen as a council to of, of award one person, award two person, award three person, and one award four rep. We're gonna, rep, we're gonna substitute our judgment for the judgment of 1,100 roughly award four voters who don't get a vote. Um, we've heard from a lot of people tonight, uh, most of whom are not award four voters, um, so how do we speak for the Ward 4 voters? All I can do is go back to when I ran for city council in Ward 4 two years ago and knocked on just about every door in Ward 4 of a registered voter. When I went for the mayor's race this year and, and knocked on every door in Emerald Heights, every single door of a registered voter in Emerald Heights, I go back to what I heard from my constituents. 
And I could list 10 things they talked about. There were, there were only two that came up almost all the time, 90% of the time. And it was jobs and housing. Why don't we have more living wage jobs in this town? And what can we do to make more housing more affordable for people who get those living wage jobs or who are in the service level jobs? Jobs and housing, jobs and housing, jobs and housing. So as I look at this race, I, I look at how do I represent Ward 4 best? I look at which of the four candidates, all of whom could be an effective city councilor, which one is best positioned to most effectively be able to help the city immediately with living wage jobs and housing. And uh, between Kevin Leahy and Jessamine, both of whom would be excellent counselors, to me, clearly Kevin would be most quickly able to effectively help us with living wage jobs and affordable housing. Um, so that would be why I lean towards Kevin. Uh, again, it's not a dig on any other candidate. It's just that that's what, that's what I heard from Ward 4 residents. Ward 4 residents want jobs and housing. So that would be how I, uh, how I look at that. But at this point, I think it's time to ask for a motion. Would someone care to make a motion? Take a motion. I'm sorry. Go ahead. A motion would be premature until two things happen. Okay. One is the current council person would have to resign. And second is that the, um, the council would have to declare the seat uh, vacant. So we need a motion and a statement. Okay. So I will take step one. I, Bruce Jones, Councilor of Ward 4, City of Astoria, Oregon, uh, resign my position effective immediately. <laughs> Does anyone need to accept that resignation? The council needs to declare the uh, seat vacant. Uh, I would move that we declare uh, the seat for uh, uh, Ward 4, uh, Astoria City Council vacant. Second. Uh, is that a roll call? All in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion passes. Was there another thing we have to do? You've done both. We've done both. <laughs> okay. Is there a motion? Well, I will move that we appoint Jessamine Grace West to complete the remaining two years in the board for position. Uh, I would like to second that motion. Uh, can I ask for a roll call vote, Mr. Harrington? Councilor Kerman? Aye. Councilor Brownson? Aye. Councilor Rocca? Aye. And it appears we have a majority, and Ms. West will be our next councilor. And <laughs> To welcome you to the council, I would like to make it unanimous and aye. Mr. Estes, the council has elected a uh, representative to fill the remaining two years of Ward 4 seat. Are we able to administer the oath uh, tonight, or would it be more prudent to wait to the next meeting? It, it would be. Um... Um, Ms. 
<laughs> Ms. Brooks, would you have the, the language available? It is, um, actually, this is uh, something that uh, is actually, um, would be coordinated between the mayor and Ms. Brooks uh, to be able to do this, if you'd like to go and do that now. Institutions of the United States of America and State of Oregon. That I will solemnly swear to support the United States Constitution, Constitution of the United States and the State of Oregon. And the Charter of the City of Astoria. And the Charter of the City of Astoria. And the laws thereof. And the laws thereof. And will faithfully and honorably. And will faithfully and honorably fulfill the duties of the office of city councilor. Fulfill the duties of the office of city councilor. For which I have been elected. For which I have been elected. To the best of my ability. To the best of my ability. So help me God. So help me God. Congratulations. very tough uh, decision for this council and as was uh, stated by several people you know we would have been thrilled if it had gone in the other direction with the, the quality of our council going forward and we're so fortunate to have so many uh, outstanding uh, members of our community willing to volunteer their time to do this job which uh, by the way pays $60 a month <laughs> And uh, when you've read your second 1,200-page package, you'll realize you make about 12 cents an hour. So thank, thank you again to all those who put their names forward, and welcome uh, um, Councillor West. Thank you. Mr. Mr. May, may I add uh, uh, to Mr. Leahy? I absolutely believe every good thing that every speaker who spoke for you said, and I hope you will continue doing all those good things because we need you where you are. And I'd like to add also that there will be an election for the seat in two years, and I hope we have as many candidates step forward and help run, because that's what makes an effective democracy. I got my seat running on a post. Now, that made it easy, 
but it's not as good as Astoria can be. So when I run, I hope somebody runs against me, and I hope we have some vibrant um, elections in the future here. So, and welcome, Councilman. Thank you. You are at a bit of a disadvantage not having uh, the the packet in front of you right now, but I'm sure Councilor Herman will share. Uh, item uh, 6B, public hearing and first reading on ordinance re-adopting certain state statutes to reflect changes made by the 2018 Oregon Legislature. This is an agenda item which is done at the first city council meeting of each year, and it's done as a routine matter. The 2018 legislation passed by the legislature for the most part became effective on January 1st of 2019. Many of our ordinances refer or incorporate state statutes. Every year we readopt all reference Oregon revised statute sections to pick up any changes made by the legislature and this is done by a global readoption technique recommended by the League of Oregon Cities. Tonight it's recommended that the City Council hold a public hearing and conduct the first reading of the ordinance. So I'm opening the public hearing. Does anyone wish to make a comment on this ordinance? Hearing's closed. Council discussion. I move that we uh, adopt, uh, we readopt certain state statutes to reflect changes made by the 2018 legislature. And, and Councilor, would that be to hold the first reading tonight? Hold the first reading tonight. I would second that, please. All in favor? Aye. 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 Opposed? Uh, Ms. Brooks, could you read the ordinance? An ordinance readopting certain state statutes. Item C, resolution designating authorized signers. Persons authorized by the city council to sign checks on behalf of the city and other bank withdrawal instruments are designated by resolution adopted by council. The resolution presented before you tonight removes former Mayor Arlene Lemire and adds Mayor Bruce Jones as an authorized signator for bank transactions and it's recommended that council consider the resolution for adoption. Council discussion. We can check in right. A uh, motion, please. I would move that we appoint or name Mayor Bruce Jones as the designated signer. Second. And, and Councilor, that would be to adopt the resolution um, replacing um, the mayor as one of the signers. Is that correct? Thank you, City okay. Manager. Great. I second. Uh, Mr. Dart McLean, uh, roll call, please. Uh, Councilor Class? Aye. Councilor Herman? Aye. Councilor Brunson? Aye. Councilor Rocha? Aye. Mayor Aye. Item D. Uh, consider initiating a vacation of a portion of the right of way on 26th Street, northwest of Harrison, abutting adjacent undeveloped lots. So the city has received a request from John Wood on behalf of Adela Wood to vacate a 60 by 150 foot portion of the 26th Street unimproved right-of-way abutting two parcels which uh, Ms. Woods owns. Uh, Mr. Garmin-Klein, if you could go to the next slide and show that 
uh, exhibit. Ms. Wood would like to combine these two lots in order to potentially construct a residential structure, structure on this piece of property. Upon review of the site, our public works department has determined there are no public utilities on or adjacent to the proposed vacation area and the city would have no future need for this particular portion of right-of-way. As required by city code, staff is recommending that the, uh, a public hearing be scheduled. The first step in the council considering this type of request is to receive a resolution uh, to determine whether or not you wish to set a public hearing at a future meeting. Um, if the resolution is passed tonight, then the public hearing will be publicized and property owners within a 200-foot radius will be notified. So it's recommended that the council consider the resolution of intent to hold a public hearing concerning the vacation of a portion of the 26th Street right-of-way. Council discussion. Yeah, I've only got one quick question on that. I, just looking on the maps, I noticed that there's no through, through streets, Harrison and um, 26 are not improved at that point in that part of the city? That's correct, and I'm gonna have our public works director uh, Jeff Harrington uh, provide a little bit more info. That's um, completely unimproved there. It's a, a treat area. And the, as you notice there, that um, even the, the right of way to the north is previously vacated. Okay. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't missing something there. Okay. If I may, I, I, I might add, I had to ask about this, and I'm not sure how many people are familiar with, with the process, but property that we're vacating is not owned by the city of Story, it's owned by the property owner. And the city just has a right-of-way through it. And so it, it's not like we're giving up city property, and so the city determines whether there's any need to, to maintain the right-of-way on that property, and if there's not, it's something that we can, we can vacate. So uh, I had asked to make sure who, who owned it now, who would own it then, and so on, and I just thought I would clarify. Well, I do want to make a motion to uh, uh, for the, to consider. Let's see how how is this going to come about? Um, to have a resolution of the intent to hold a public hearing concerning the vacation of a portion of 26th Street right of way adjacent to tax lots 80909CC02301 and 80909CC04101. I would that. <laughs> uh, Ms. Brooks, roll call, please. Um, Councillor West. Aye. Councillor Herman. Aye. Councillor Brownson. Aye. Councillor Rocket. Aye. Mayor Jones. Aye. Next item is a multi jurisdictional natural hazard mitigation plan five year update. So I'm going to give just a, a, an intro to this, and I'm going to have uh, Rosemary Johnson provide a little bit more detail. But in 2007, the city experienced a natural disaster with a major landslide in the area of West Bond and West Commercial Streets. And the cost of repair or replace the city infrastructure in this area was high and unexpected to the city. After 11 years, uh, West Bond was just recently reopened to two-way traffic last month. In 2007, the city reached out to FEMA for financial assistance to find out that we were not eligible for funding since we did not have a natural hazard mitigation plan. The city was unaware of the requirement, as were other jurisdictions in Clatsop County. Over the next two years after that, there was extensive work done by Clatsop County as well as the city uh, that would meet the FEMA requirements, and in 2008, the council adopted 
the city's first multi-jurisdictional natural hazard mitigation plan. Uh, what's being brought before you tonight um, is after Ms. Jones, Ms. Jones, after Ms. Johnson um, provides a little bit more information to you about what this uh, this plan entails is the council to authorize the mayor to sign an intergovernmental agreement with the Department of Land Conservation and Development, which is a state of Oregon entity assisting us um, with uh, this update. Um, I would note that due to the federal government shutdown, FEMA has been able to review this document. Uh, so uh, what we are asking uh, council tonight is to uh, adopt, uh, adopt this document. There may be some uh, minor changes in such as filling in some blanks, uh, but if there turn out to be um, substantive changes uh, or material changes, we would need to bring this back to you. We're asking for pre-approval of, of this draft document right now, awaiting uh, FEMA's final uh, review of the document after they get back to work. Ms. Johnson. So basically what's happening is um, the city does have to have a natural hazard mitigation plan in order to get funding for either preventative measures or for after the event um, where we need help to uh, restore our infrastructure. And with that need, the plan that you have has to be re reviewed and updated every five years. We're at that stage now where we need that five-year uh, update. FEMA and uh, has provided a grant to the uh, DLCD, Department of Land Conservation and Development, to do these updates to help us with it. And the intergovernmental agreement is the uh, agreement between the county and all of the jurisdictions that will be working on their five-year updates to utilize this grant money. So the, uh, we are all getting together to say, DLCD, Department of Land Conservation and Development, we will take your assistance in doing our plan. And that's a big help to the city because we have to come up with all of the uh, problems, uh, the natural hazards that can occur, the reporting and analysis, the risk assessments of all of the facilities and how these can impact. Let's say a landslide happens or an earthquake. What facilities are going to be damaged? What could be the cost of those damages? And how are we going to prevent those damages by better construction or uh, in the case of Public Works, they redid the uh, Irving Street Bridge and the Franklin Street Bridge. Those were upgrades that made them a little more uh, sustainable to damage. And so the, this plan with the IGA would be for that assistance from the state and the county to help us update our plan. Uh, all of the cities um, in the North County have uh, agreed to go along with this and what will happen is we have a steering committee that has been meeting ever since the very first start of doing a plan. Uh, we meet periodically just to do updates ourselves as to what is occurring in each community. This five-year update will put it on the record in the plan what has occurred, what has changed, um, it'll update it for climate change, 
and use that as an impact of what's going to happen. Uh, any new facilities that have been built will be added to the plan. And this year, with this five-year update, the FEMA is requesting a format change to the document. Now, while that doesn't impact you as a council that much, how it's formatted in the plan, it does for each of the jurisdictions. Because rather than have a county plan and then each of us have an addendum, it's going to be one plan that will talk about the natural hazards, because they don't go by boundaries. You have an earthquake, it's not going to say, this is a story of earthquake or Warrington. But then a story of how it's going to impact us, Warrington, how it will impact them. So we'll be integrated into one countywide plan, rather than having to flip back and forth between the plans. DLC will do that for us. So we will not have to do a lot of that formatting and the writing of the plan. We will have a lot to do as uh, staff and consultants. Uh, we will be reviewing a lot of the infrastructure, um, meeting with stakeholders, you know, uh, emergency services, transportation, communication people, all of that, and making sure that the plan meets everybody's needs. There will also be a need for public meetings Again, DLCD and the county will assist with those through this IGA. When you agree to sign the IGA, what you're agreeing to is you're going to have representation on this committee, which Brett, uh, City Manager Estes and myself are on the committee. Um, you are also agreeing to cost share. It means that they, they, we have the grant amount, but we're going to have to have a matching amount. The matching amount is going to be spread throughout the entire jurisdictional area, and it will only be what's called soft match, staff time. So we will have advertising costs to do this, which we're going to have anyway. Those will all be used as match. So there will be no additional city funding other than what we need to spend anyway for the match. The other item is that when FEMA gives the federal money for, an IG, for this type of study, you're agreeing to adopt the final plan. Uh, so you're, you're not just saying that you're going to write it, but you are agreeing to adopt a final plan. But that final plan will go through public review, it'll go through a review with the council, and a uh, multi-jurisdictional review. Once we get the plan for Astoria, that's integrated into the county, you'll review it, it'll go to FEMA, they will review it and make sure they agree with it, and then it'll come back to you for final adoption. So by signing the IGA, you're agreeing to the match, someone on the committee, and adopting the final plan. So what we're asking for uh, now, and as Mr. Estes mentioned, with the federal shutdown, we did not get the final draft of the IGA. That's not, excuse me, it's not anticipated that there's going to be any substantial changes. There could be changes to timeline in what we're doing, but it's all going to be just moving a few dates. There could be some other minor changes, but nothing substantial. If a substantial change does occur in the document, we will bring it back to the council rather than just have it signed. Uh, but what we're requesting now is authorization for the mayor to sign the final IGA agreement once we get it from FEMA. 
Any questions on the plan or this IGA? I've got a, just a couple of clarification questions. So stakeholders, we talked about stakeholders. So um, school districts are yes. part of that? Because I didn't quite see them in the, the mix there. But. Right. What's happening is the multi-jurisdictional, originally it was just the uh, cities, the county, and some water districts. Then now this um, multi-hazard mitigation plan has to incorporate hospitals, school districts, uh, water uh, districts, fire districts, all of those have to have their own, either their own plan or join in with this one. Um, when we're talking about stakeholders, it goes even beyond who's signed up here. We will have meetings with what we call stakeholders, maybe the Red Cross or um, health, issue, uh, health departments around. Um, identifying those type of people and that's where we're at that next phase of identifying all the stakeholders or people who are going to be working with us but uh, Sunset Edinburgh Transfer District is one of the signers um, the hospital the college all of them are in here okay and um, and then on the, the match mm -hmm. I've noticed in there uh, we're responsible for 25 percent that's is that that's the whole jurisdiction. Okay, good. And so that's why they said DLCD has assured us that just with the staff time we will all meet that. But that 25% will be spread over everybody. Okay, great. Thanks. That's all. Thanks very much, Rosemary. Really appreciate it. Right. And could we have a motion? I move that we authorize Mayor Jones to sign the intergovernmental agreement with DLCD for preparation and eventual city council adoption of a multi-jurisdictional natural, natural hazards mitigation plan. I'll second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? Okay, and our last item of business uh, tonight is on our new business. It's the election of the city council president. Uh, city council president acts as the mayor in the mayor's absence. Is there anything else we should add to that description of duties? Yeah, so it's fills uh, uh, in for the city council uh, when uh, the mayor is away and may need to run city council meetings if there uh, are any other um, sort of functions out in the community. The mayor is able to ask the city council president to assist for, uh, for them and, uh, and really um, is able to serve as uh, a second uh, when the mayor is, is not available for some reason. And I think historically we rotate this every year. Typically, there may have been cases where someone stayed for some right. but typically it's rotated. Uh, Councilor Brownson has been the council president for the past year. Um, my suggestion, just for consideration by council, is uh, since we have three brand new councilors, it might be uh, useful to ask Mr. Uh, ask Councilor Brownson to stay on as president for one more year and then rotate it at the end of the year. But I'll open that up for council discussion. I was just going to suggest that <laughs> if he was if he is open to doing that for another year. It's an awesome responsibility. <laughs> I agree with that. Can we have a motion, please? I move that uh, we appoint uh, Councilor Brunson and Brunson as uh, Council President. I will second that. All in favor? 
Aye. 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 Opposed? <laughs> All right, the motion carries. That is the end of the city council meeting. We will adjourn and go immediately into the Asteroid Development Commission. Oh, sorry, I forgot. I would now open the city council meeting for public comment on any topic of, of interest. Does anyone? <coughs> Yes, you have three minutes, and please state your name and address. Congratulations. My name is Sarah Jane Vardy, uh, 250 11th Street, Astoria, Oregon. I'm speaking tonight as both a design review committee member and as an individual with a strong belief in holding our public officials accountable. I recently applied to be on the planning commission, so when I received a text from our new mayor asking to meet with me the morning of January 2nd, I assumed it was about my application. Rather, it turns out I was called in for a closed-door reprimanding. I was told that many counselors and commissioners have called for my termination because they believe I am not impartial. I was scolded for attending, speaking, and clapping after public testimony at the Marriott Hotel City Council appeal hearing, all of which I believe I have the right to do. Mayor Jones told me that I could not be both an advocate and a committee member, and that perhaps I'd be better suited standing outside with a picket sign. When I tried to respond to defend myself, he waved his finger in my face and told me that he wasn't done talking. He explained that I'm not impartial because it is believed that I show up to meetings having already made my decision. I want to make it clear that I come to every meeting having studied cover to cover the hundreds of pages of application material submitted. I merely come to meetings prepared, and I don't believe I should be faulted for making a decision based on the information I was provided. I wasn't surprised when the conversation turned to what I believe was the main motivation for my scolding, my comment about the hotel bench. After then-counselor, now Mayor Jones, Brownson, and Lemire voted to overturn not only the Design Review Committee's denial, but also the unanimous denial by the Historic Landmarks Commission, I suggested that we erect a sort of memorial bench outside of the new hotel, engraved with their names as a reminder of those that voted in favor of the four-story hotel. Mayor Jones told me that he found this to be disrespectful, to which I have finally given the opportunity to speak, and knowing that I had no shot at that seat on the Planning Commission, retorted that it was no more disrespectful than overturning the rulings of two special committees in the favor of a corporate hotel developer. The difference being that my disrespect didn't come at the cost of our community and our riverfront. It's easy to imagine that as new mayor you have a lot to catch up on and get to work on. Astoria has many issues in need of addressing. We need to amend codes, we have a crumbling infrastructure downtown, and a severe affordable housing shortage, just to name a few. Mayor Jones offered to meet with me at 8.30 a.m. January 2nd. I was busy, and we settled on 10.30. Point being that his first order of business on the first business day as mayor of Astoria was to call me into the conference room, close the doors, and threaten my termination. So if anyone here feels, as the mayor says you do, that I should be terminated, I ask you to come and speak to me directly. I care deeply about our town, and I value my position on the Design Review Committee. I intend to carry on without the need for a picket sign, but just know that as both an individual and a committee member, I will not be silenced, and I will not be intimidated or bullied. Thank you. So I will take my time and give a thorough and lengthy uh, answer to this party and explanation. But I'll try to sum it up in a nutshell. What Ms. Barty didn't tell you 
the first words out of my mouth when we sat down. I said, Ms. Barney, throughout my long professional career, one of the things that bothered me most was when people at the end of a, sorry, I keep making the mic loud. When people at the end of a performance period receive a negative evaluation, and the first thought is, geez, you waited a year, and now you tell me I did poorly. Why didn't you tell me early on you had an issue with me and give me a chance to at least understand what the issues were and correct them or not at my choice? Those were the first words out of my mouth. I had every right to remove you from the council after your disrespectful behavior, as I was urged to by many people. I chose not to. I made a decision. I am going to meet with this young woman who, of, uh, of whom I've got about 35 more years of leadership and management experience and personal management experience than you, I'm not going to remove from the committee. But I'm going to tell her exactly what I thought was disrespectful about her behavior and her performance. I'm going to tell her exactly what I'll now tell the crowd. And I, had, I, I was told by several people, oh, don't meet with her, just remove her. You may or can remove without cause. Because then, you know, it'll come back, blow up in your face. And I say, you know, that's chicken shit. I don't act, I don't, I don't behave that way. If I have an issue with someone, I'm going to address them personally and see if we can resolve it and at least give that person a chance to know what my dissatisfaction is. I would never, unless it was something that was criminal, I wouldn't just remove someone without explanation. I think that is unprofessional and rude. I thought you were unprofessional and rude on December the 12th at that meeting, as did many other people including members of other commissions, members of your own committee, and other city councilors. But I thought, here's a young person, maybe never been in this type of role before, maybe it wasn't covered in the training, that, you know, everybody kind of understands there's, there's certain ways that you're expected to behave when you take on the position of representing the city on a committee or a board or a commission. And one is, you put all your passion and your intellect into those meetings and you get everything out there. But once it has moved on to the next step in the chain, your hands are washed a bit, it's done. Now you asked me at, at, our, at our meeting, isn't it disrespectful if the city council overturns the decision? It's no more disrespectful than it is when the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals overturns a lower court decision or remands a case back to a lower court for further evaluation. It's just the different pieces in the chain performing their roles. The Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals looks at lower court's decisions. Sometimes they give them a thumbs up, sometimes they send them back. It's not disrespectful, it's everybody doing their part of the process. The Design Review Committee and HLC and other boards and committees have a role in the process. They deliberate, they make decisions, they vote. If it's appealed, it goes to City Council. We vote. If we send it back, if we overturn a lower court, a lower committee's decision, it's not disrespectful. It's everybody playing their role. It's people who are just volunteers that asked to be on a committee and were appointed doing their thing, and people who are elected to be city councilors doing their role. We all do our role. And when you start assuming that people who do, who do their role and it's contrary to what you had wanted are disrespectful to you, you're completely missing what your part is in this whole process. Now you chose to come to a city council meeting on the 12th of December 
and you chose to get up and testify, and you said, oh, I'm taking off my DRC hat, I'm a citizen. You don't take off your DRC hat, it's always there. Everyone sitting up here, when you came and addressed the group, was looking at you as a DRC member. You may not have thought so, but we did. And we thought, why is she even talking? It's all on the record. But that was okay. But then you chose to come up at the end of the meeting. You, you chose to come up at the end of the meeting and make sarcastic, snide comments, which not only insulted the process, it insulted the role of the city council, it insulted the three councilors who voted in what you didn't like, it insulted the two DRC members that were part of the committee. So I would respectfully respond to you that most people agreed that your behavior on the 12th was unprofessional and that I had every right to remove you. I made a, a conscious choice not to. I made a conscious choice to meet with you and tell you my thoughts, which are consistent with many other people's thoughts, and not remove you. And then, and then just I went back and I, I told my spouse and I told a few other people I talked to, I hope that she, she, she got something out of what I told her and maybe she'll go on and have a great career in the city. And, and, and. So, you know, uh, I don't regret that I met with you, even though the people who all told me it's just gonna blow up in your face, it'll be taken out of context, well, they were right. You've chosen to come up here and make this pitch. But the truth of the matter is, the mayor appoints and the mayor unappoints members to committees without any, without any responsibility to explain why. And I chose not to do that with you. I chose to leave you on the committee, even though I strongly disagreed with what you did, after I told you and I was hoping I'd give you a chance to. So if you think you've got a gotcha moment on me that you're going to tell everybody that I chewed you out, yeah, I did chew you out. I chewed you out because I thought what you did was unprofessional and immature, as many other people do too. Okay, I thought so. that meeting was unprofessional. Thank you. You've clearly never been part of an organization before. So my name is Bob Goldberg again, 3741 Harrison Avenue. Uh, I just have one comment about what was just said. I've been at this microphone, some of you know, a fair amount of times in the past, and that's the first time that anyone has ever responded to uh, a public comment that was made to the council. In fact, I thought that it was not allowed uh, for the council to respond to public comments. So um, I kind of appreciate that, because it would, it would have been great if city council people in the past would have responded to what I said. But, uh, <laughs> 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 um, Water under the bridge. I'm here actually on behalf of uh, a, uh, a person or a couple, Christopher Patton and Karen Black, who live in the Lewis and Clark area, on the city limits. Uh, and they brought to my attention uh, some concerns about the Pacific Power uh, Smart Meter Update Program, which is currently going on all across Oregon. And uh, I just got a card from Pacific Power saying that within the next six months, that will be happening to my house as well as um, some of my neighbors. So they have a whole bunch of concerns and I told them that I would come to the council and uh, invite the council to contact them or uh, anyone else with concerns uh, about the smart meter update program or at least let you know that it's happening. So these are uh, meters that will be electronic meters uh, that will be replacing our analog meters uh, all through the, the uh, Pacific Power 
uh, jurisdictions. So that's it. <coughs> Thank you. Matt's McDonald, uh, 22 Nimitz. Um, this is something that I know about. Uh, in the effort to, Pacific Power is investing in many solar insta installations and doing many uh, grids. And this is why it's very important, because the analogs cannot be integrated into the solar that's going to be integrated. And so we are going to be having a lot more solar for our energy here in this area because um, there are tons of solar installations going in Eastern Oregon and also Washington. So these are why the, the, the uh, different things are being required. So it's a positive thing. Other public comment? I'll be quick. Um, I want to thank the council for an excellent decision. Um, <laughs> I wasn't supposed to be funny. <laughs> um, but I think that you know this is a real opportunity to think outside the box. Yeah, you have some diversity. You have some fresh um, perspectives, and you have some wise perspectives and you have a lot of different types of experience and so I, I think that you know I'll obviously start coming to more meetings and I'll be a counselor vicariously to, to some extent um, and it just it, it strikes me that there are bigger problems at stake than what a hotel is going to look like or what the hotel is because that is outside money um, I think that the economy of Astoria should be looked at what is the economy of Astoria? I know what it was. It was fishing and logging for a long time. And that's not so much the case anymore. And now tourism seems to be what I've heard is like, oh, well, that's how we're going to sort of create an economy in Astoria. And I, and I have a connection, too, to people who work in the service industry. Um, and I, I think that it is a shame that those people don't make living wage jobs. I think that that's a shame that that's something that we even have to talk about. Um, but I, I don't see tourism working as, as like a fix for Astoria. And I don't see a new hotel as a fix for the economy in Astoria either. I see the hotels that we have full like a couple of weekends a summer. And then the rest of the year, you know, I'd like to see some numbers. Maybe I'll do some research. What is your occupancy throughout the year? Because it's not worth building a hotel for a few weekends a year. And I think that we have to figure out what is the next logging and fishing? Um, what is going to make a vital economy? Because I don't think tourism is it. Um, and I think that that will also solve some of the other issues. Um, one of them being, there are a lot of vacant uh, commercial spaces in downtown Astoria. Like, that should be a focus. Why can't businesses survive here? What are we going to do with the vacant stuff um, as opposed to building something new? Um, I think that there there's a there are things that need tending to um, that that aren't solved by outside investors or hotels. So that's my comment. Thank you. Any other comment? City Council is adjourned, and the Astoria Development Commission is uh, now open. Uh, roll call, Ms. Brooks. 
Aye. Here. Uh, are there any changes to the agenda? No changes. Okay, our one agenda item is design contract amendment number three, Bond Street Retaining Wall Project. So in uh, 2017, the staff initiated the design process for reopening. Sorry. I guess we can pause until people clear the room. Sorry. Geotechnical and civil engineering services. The documents were advanced to final design, but it was postponed to a wet winter. After putting the construction on hold, Public Works staff and Corps Consulting monitored the slide activity with groundwater depth measurements, inclinometer readings, and inclinometers are uh, rods that are put into the ground that measure any uh, slide. Uh, movement within the, the uh, hillside and also did visual inspection. These new inclinometers were installed to allow for consistent and uninterrupted monitoring. So uh, now that the construction is complete, the project will require continued quarterly monitoring to document post-construction slide activity and this is planned for six months. Once the monitoring effort is completed, staff will work with Cornforth uh, on scheduling annual monitoring instead of a more frequent effort. Change order number three, which is before you tonight, is required for the continued monitoring and would be in the amount of $18,980.75. Tonight, it's recommended that the Astoria Development Commission execute contract amendment number three with Cornforth Consultants and Public Works Director Jeff Harrington can answer any questions. I would note that this is coming before the Astoria Development Commission because the Astoria Development Commission uh, was the entity that funded this project uh, in the first place, the, the reopening of Bond Street. And so those are urban renewal funds uh, that are used. And so the monitoring will continue uh, to be funded through urban renewal. Thank you. Uh, commission discussion? Uh, yes, I do have questions. Um, obviously, I'm neither a civil engineer or a geologist, but the monitoring will go on for six months. Is that correct? Yeah, six, six months including the current monitoring they're going to do right now. Okay. That's why there's... My question is, do we want to do it for longer than that? Do we need to? So, so Mr. Harrington, maybe I can clarify. Um, it's six months of, of more frequent monitoring, and then the monitoring still occurs, but on a less frequent basis. Am I, am I correct? Yeah, I mean, what we do is um, we monitor that annually on a, in a different budget. We, we have a slide monitoring budget. This is project specific to make sure that we don't have any movement after the after the project. And you're confident that's often enough to to catch anything. Yeah, and that's why that's why the cost seems kind of high. That's analysis by the consultant, plugging numbers back in, in and uh, giving us a report, documenting this very well, so that we're not having 
any surprises. Okay. And Councilman, I'm just going to say, you know, when before we even started this project, we were reading the inclinometer uh, measurements even before we started this project. When we took on the project to uh, widen Bond Street, that's when we all of a sudden installed new inclinometers because we needed to have better data, and we uh, and we read them on a more frequent, frequent basis. Now to close out the project, we need to continue on with that that frequent um, review of it to continue to, to show data and any baseline and to compare it with any baseline trends. And then we'll return back to our regular monitoring that we would, uh, we're doing before we took on this this construction. Okay. So, so if you recall, we were targeting a dry spell to, to do this work. And at the time we did it, the, the slide was not showing any signs of movement. So what will happen is you know, the, the slide there always had moved. It, it moves in small increments. So it's going to continue to move. So when we monitor, if we came in and did a project and we want to make sure that when um, we had done the project, that the follow-up monitoring shows the same type of similar movement. So they'll correlate this, this data to rainfall, uh, time of the year, things like that. So when we do see a little bit of movement, we don't get excited and say, oh, you know, the wall project caused some movement. We'll say, no, this is just like we had for the last 10 years, and it's systematic. Thank you. And then the, on the good side, we might see that the wall actually helps stabilize it, which it's such a small piece of the of the overall large slide, but maybe it did help. And the data will show that. Motion? Sure. I'd like to uh, make a motion that, whoops, I just made it go away. Uh, for the uh, Historic Development Commission execute contract amendment number three with uh, Corn Cornforth Consultants uh, for a total of not to exceed the amount of $18,988.75 for geotechnical services for continued inclinometer monitoring associated with the Bond Street Retaining Wall Project. Second. All in favor? Aye. 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 Opposed? Is there any public comment for the ADC? No. Crowd stand out. This concludes the uh, ADC meeting of 7 January 2019. Oh, Oh, you can't just separate it. This is last year. Yeah, why did you separate it? Yeah, I'm going to separate it.